Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast, where we explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in the light of sola scriptura and toto scriptura. I'm also not reading from a script, so you are welcome <laughs> for that. Uh, I am Cody Fields, the president of the Noseminster family of guitar effects. You can check us out and buy pedals at westminstereffects.com. Uh, by the way, I'm in Greenville, South Carolina. And by the way, also this month, uh, we are donating a portion of every sale to uh, basically the effort to uh, sew and ship out masks to doctors and nurses on the front line of this whole COVID-19 nonsense since the uh, N95s are sparse at the moment. the uh, We're kind of having a shortage. You blame uh monopolist government contracts for that, uh, as opposed to opening the free market. But anyway, uh, my mom and several others are helping with that. So this month, buy stuff and also help people. Uh, Bradley, uh, the MVP of the National Preaching League and <laughs> pastor of Resurrection Church in Greer, South Carolina, is preparing for Easter as we speak, so he won't be with us. Uh, also gave old Lutheran John, Augsburgian Christian, and occasional sexy boat captain uh, the week off this week. But joining me in my home office, we have one Corey Truax. I have none of those cool taglines. I've <laughs> you, never been a boat captain of any sort. <laughs> you do have the uh, title of uh, host of the Corey Truax show, uh, which podcasts and broadcasts Saturdays at, at 805, 8.05 on WLFJ, his radio talk, 91.9 and 92.9. Yes, yes. So on two FM stations, apparently. That's right. One for Spartanburg, one for Greenville, basically. Ah, I see. I see. That's how that works. Uh, we also both went to North Greenville together. That's right. Um, and irritated a lot of people while we were there. Forget about that, man. Uh, we've, yes. we've got skills. Yes, and they have been refined since yeah. then. Praise the Lord for that. It's yes. called growth and sanctification. Yes, the, they, they've been refined, sanctified, whatever term you want to use. Yes. Um, we've had you on before in how Christians should think about politics. Um, and now we have you on. Uh, we are both news junkies. We are. Uh, I, I have a journalism degree. I believe, uh, if I remember correctly, your degree is in history? It's history and English. Interdisciplinary studies is gotcha. technically it. So, so you made up a major. We packaged basically. them together, yes. Yes, I did. Uh, yeah. But we are both news junkies. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of how do we process all of this information that's getting thrown at us at one time, I'm just going to pull open Drudge Report uh, and see what happens right here. And, oh my goodness, there's at least two dozen what you could call above the fold for Drudge Report. Right. Um, and then when they're really getting crazy, they're putting stuff in red or all caps. Uh, you know, we have um, Boris, uh, what's his name? Boris Johnson. Johnson in the UK, the Prime Minister of the UK. He's in ICU Incredible. with the coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a pretty big deal. You have Israel on lockdown for Passover. You have all caps U.S. US death toll tops ten thousand. Uh, you have food bank line stretches miles in Florida, etc. 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 So, and especially with everyone being home right now, or almost everyone, uh, or at least home more than normal. Uh, we're not able to really do a whole lot out and about, uh, whether it's because we're exercising wisdom or because the government enforced it, uh, which that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> but we are just bombarded, and we want to know what's going on. Yeah. So how do we how do we approach all of this, right? So there's at least one line I know. Here's the easy part. Yeah. The easy part is if we are consuming enough of it. Yep. That it drives our fear to get starting to get very specific, as I've I helped mm -hmm. folks in my own church, very specific fears about how it's going to affect our families and starting to make up scenarios, disaster oh, yeah. scenarios personally. Yeah. We do know that, here's the easy part, you're consuming I actually, too much. I actually have had family ask, yeah. all right, so if, if martial law happens or if Ooh. everything really hits the fan, like, yeah. what are we doing? And I'm like... I have firearms, and I'm kind of <laughs> off the road, and yeah. I'm more rural than you are, so I'm staying here, yeah. and I have plenty of squirrels in my yard that I could shoot. <laughs> yeah, you're not, not going to want for food. But right. even to those discussions, not just take a step back. Everybody take five steps back. Yep. And part of why yep. you're there is probably the amount of news we're consuming. We, Absolutely. We, we want to be good neighbors, citizens. We, we want, that's one of the ways in which we love our neighbor yeah. is being informed and knowing how we can how we can help. We want to know enough to be good citizens. Mm -hmm. But 
one of the ways you know you can be consuming too much is if you are driving your own fear by by that amount. Right. One of the things that we have to learn in journalism, and I'm speaking as one with a bachelor's degree in this field, so I kind of know what I'm talking about for the most part. Um, there is an adage in the news world of if it bleeds, it leads. Yep. Um, the the worst possible and worst case scenario, but you know, you don't see stories leading of you know, like my mom, that's not going to lead on WYFF. Right. Or the nightly news with ABC or what have you, or Fox News for that matter. Um, it's going to be how many people died, uh, what kind of murder-suicides do we have, um, what kind of sexual abuse scandal hit whatever athletic program or whatever church or anything of the sort. Uh, because we know we can dwell on those far easier than the nice thing that right. happened down the street. Yeah, the... That when I, I'm try, trying to think of ways in which I mean, no, I know not all the listenership of the podcast comes from this Christian perspective. So just generally, your your mental health here. Yeah. The, the there is stuff you need to know. Yeah. But the the news cycle has changed in this way. Mm-hmm. What it used to be the case that a news a story might have a life of maybe 24 hours. Right. Like the, we have the stories for the day. We move on to the next set, yep. and we're supposed to be outraged over the next thing. Yep. This has been unique. It's all anyone's got going. Like yeah. this, this is the only and, game in town. And and, and the the being outraged for twenty four hours to maybe seventy two hours was actually unique before. Right. Where previously, uh, news traveled so much slower. And I, and I'm not talking like Middle Ages. I'm even talking about 60s, 70s, 80s. Sure. Where you know CNN launched, I believe in the eighties. Is that yeah, right? That's right. Uh, ESPN launched in the late seventies, if I recall correctly. Right. So all of these. 24-hour, you know, specific things are very, very new in terms of humanity. That's one of the ways this has been so unique. If you yeah. if you go to even previous, let's pandemics, uh, mm-hmm. Spanish flu, something like that, it may have affected the whole world, and it did, but mm-hmm. all you really knew was that it, it, it was affecting your community. Right. Something that was happening in China or Europe, mm-hmm. the, the, the degree to which what's happened in Italy has affected all of us. Mm-hmm. And the, the last time this happened 100 years ago, mm-hmm. we didn't know that. People oh, yeah. in South Carolina know what was happening in Italy. Right. And so we can be inundated in a worldwide way that, that's yep. never happened before with all this information. I even think of uh, the TV show Mad Men. Yes. And, and they, they did a fantastic job of uh, depicting the JFK assassination and mm-hmm. everyone's reactions. Like everyone in the office huddled around the TV that they wheeled out on a cart. Yep. <laughs> they had to wheel the thing out. Uh, but that was, that story gripped them for weeks. Yes. That was the only thing that was going on. And then when man landed on the moon, uh, depending on your perspective, I understand, you know, some <laughs> people still think the world is flat. Some people think that, you know, this virus is, sure. so, people, is so the government can change the batteries and the birds. Yeah. And, and <laughs> you know, it just shows the government inefficiency, right? It's yeah. like, it shouldn't take this long to change <laughs> batteries. <our> batteries. Yes. <laughs> But but those stories, or even as recently as the 80s with the Challenger or uh, Desert Storm in the 90s, those gripped us, or even the Clinton impeachment. Yeah. Like, yes. Like, we dwelled on those stories where now it's, what's the flavor of the, not even the week, but of half a week. Yeah. <laughs> if you're lucky. If you're lucky for a news story to last that long. the One of the counsel I've been giving folks is... Uh, having a hard limit that you set for yourself, yeah. Because you, the answer is not to avoid it. This is that's not that's right. not a good ethic no, either. No, absolutely. Um, I, I've gotten a, a, a little annoyed with some folks that seem to be very Pollyanna mm-hmm. about the situation. You do need to be a good neighbor. You should right. know what the precautions are, and know also enough to feel the compassion for it. Yeah. If, if we're the people of compassion. And there are people hurting, both economically and in the health world. We need to know enough to feel. We need to know enough to, to hurt about and have compassion. But then balancing that out, recognizing how much more do I need to know? Yep. Um, and so I've limited it basically. We talked about being a news junkie. This mm-hmm. has been hard for me. Oh, yeah. But limiting it to uh, about 5 o'clock every day, I'm yeah. going to see. I'm going to go see, going yep. to see some of the numbers. I want to see what uh, what Fauci and the the, the other doctors are, are Burks. Thank you. Uh, yep. is, is saying, and then I'm going to move on. I'm going to do other things because yep. I, I know enough. I've been a good citizen. I've been a good neighbor to know what's going on. Right, and I, I actually have been consuming more than you. 
Uh, not so much because I'm freaking like I'm I'm not in a freak out mode by any means. Uh, I think a very non-Christian response is panic. Yes, I, I think you could actually say that panic responses are sinful responses. Yep. Uh, Jesus kind of said, "Don't be anxious," and we're not right. we're not talking about chemical imbalances or anything like sure. that. Like we we understand, like some people have legitimate issues that they that are outside of their control. Right. Um, but what we're talking about is you know looking at the world and saying, "Holy crap." everything's falling apart or anything like that. Um, like as I just refreshed the, uh, the chart and graph site that I've been leaning on, you know, we just hit 11,000 deaths. And even though we may have questions about certain things, like that's awful. Like no way around it. That is a terrible thing. Yeah. And we should, we should feel terrible for those, uh, for those families, pray for them. Yep. All that kind of thing. Uh, particularly in New York city. Um, my favorite city in the world. It, yeah, it is. It I, is your favorite I, city. I, I travel there about that many times. Yeah, I travel there often. Yeah. Uh, and the Lord's been good. I've been able to go around the world a good bit. And I love that city. It, and it, it has hurt me to see the city suffer sure. in that way. And then you balance. So, so I, I feel that compassion. It's, it's what we do for our neighbors. It's who we are as humans because we love humanity. We feel it. And then you balance that with not letting it affect uh, your 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 long-term joy, not letting it start creating fear and anxiety. One of the balances we have to have on that, at least coming from our Christian perspective, is I've counseled many times, we're often all consuming other types of media more than Christian types of media. So we have all this opportunity in this modern world to consume a lot of Piper or Doug Wilson or a lot of yeah. a, a lot of other Christian things. Yeah, be, be careful with that la- that second name that you named. Some people might start throwing things. Uh, about <laughs> Doug Wilson? Yeah. 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 And so, but w- one of the things we can balance this out on is once you've consumed some news, also consume some, some theology. Yeah. And, and I would even add news from a Christian perspective. Good. Things like Albert Moeller's briefing. So good. Or, you know, I know they're associated with Doug Wilson, so they're controversial, the cross-politic guys. Right. They have a daily news brief, and they're, they're a lot more bludgeoning you with certain things. Right. But sometimes we need that. Sure. Sometimes we need to be bludgeoned with, Jesus is in control of this. Yeah. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. I was just listening to, I guess it was yesterday, Walking the Dogs, put, put uh, a podcast in, that was just trying to explain this never surprised in God's sovereignty. He was never surprised by this. Right. And so we can find some peace and some mm-hmm. comfort in that as we're balancing these things out, R- learning what's going on, yep. but then recognizing because we're consuming other types of media that God's in control yep. of it. And, and since we're talking about God being in control of it, also rolling our eyes at the likes of Ken Copeland. Ooh, <laughs> that <laughs> because, guy. I mean, he, he clearly has not read Genesis 50. Mm. It's not that God uses this for good. God created the virus. Yeah. And he sent it. Um, even if Satan sent it, you know, in terms of primary and secondary causation, nothing happens outside of the will of God. Right. Um, in, in Genesis 50, when Joseph, Joseph tells his brothers, it's not, you you meant this for evil, but God used it for good. It's, God meant this for good. Yep. The, there's, it's, we can't understand everything that goes into that, but it's not God used it, it's God meant it. Right. Including Joseph being sold into slavery, being falsely accused of rape, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. God meant that. <laughs> it's a whole different level of sovereignty that yeah. of, of just... Uh, it's not. He didn't make lemons out of lemon. Uh, excuse me. He didn't make. A, is it lemons? A lemonade out of lemons. Out of lemons. Yes. It was from the from the foundations of the world. Yeah. This was what was going to happen. I'm yes. purposing it. Yes. It's not a mistake that I'm trying to make better. That's yes. not. That is not the doctrine yeah. of sovereignty and, and it's, of God. This isn't an attack from Satan. Now, obviously, Satan is using this. Yes. Uh, th- there is a balance, and I would encourage people to go back and listen to. Uh, uh, Resurrection Church's sermon uh, from this Sunday, uh, where Donnie, one of our elders, preached on Ephesians 6 and the armor of God. You know, we have a tendency to be imbalanced on both sides. Yeah. Uh, to also reference Mad Men again. Yes. Uh, there's a scene where uh, Don Draper gets on an elevator and uh, one of his peon employees looks at him and says, You know, I feel sorry for you. And Don Draper looks back at him and says, I don't think about you at all, which, <laughs> which is a great burn. Yes, it is. Um, but uh, that's often how we more reformed types treat yeah. Satan, whereas some of our Ooh. more Pentecostal, Pentecostal yeah. charismatic friends will uh, treat 
everything as something from Satan. Yep. Where we're, we're saying, no, it's, it, it has to be in the middle because the Bible says it's in the middle. Cody Fields, if someone wanted to hear that Armor of God sermon from Resurrection Church, where would they find Resfaith.com. it? Resfaith.com. Thank you, sir. Or, or on our Facebook page. I'm oh. pretty sure we have a link there. I'm, I'm pretty good at uh, throwing up the softballs for you to knock out of yes. the park when it yes. comes to self-promotion <laughs> or other... That was even others' promotion. That was yeah, even self-promotion. Yeah, and, that, and that was on my own podcast. But yeah. even that content you just gave out there as that's good balance for right. all the news. So right. I'm bringing in all this stuff. It makes me a little nervous. I'm seeing the financial and health implications of this yep. of this is going on. Well, how can I balance that? Well, let's hear first from voices that put yep. it into a Christian context to understand the world around us. Yes, and I think, uh, and this will get into uh, some of the stuff that we talked about before we started recording, uh, where I think I might surprise you with something. Um, thinking about the worldview of most of the media. Uh, now, I'm not... I, I do partially mean the liberal context, uh, where most of them do come from a very liberal, very socialist, Marxist even background, yes. uh, or Fox News, where it's still very secular. Right. It just happens to be on the more right wing of things. Uh, but we have to know where they are coming from, you know. So when they say Donald Trump said this or that, well, what's their purpose in saying this or that? And, uh, and not quite to the surprising part yet, but, uh, but you've talked about this on your own show. Uh, if Barack Obama had did or said this or that, would you support or, or uh, refute it? And that goes for both sides yes. of the political aisle, uh, where with the media, if Barack Obama said or did most of the things... Uh, and and I'm even thinking of the early responses from New York, where they're like, yep. "This isn't going to be a big deal. Exactly. We're still going to have the St. Patrick's Day parade," and they just blew right on past that. And now that uh, now that the uh, hydroxychloroquine uh, stuff is actually rolling out right. and seems to be effective, uh, they're pretending like they never criticized it. Uh, but at the same time, those of us more on the right side of things, and I, I don't mean correct, I just mean political wings spectrum. Um, but we have a tendency where if Barack Obama had said some of these things, we would have been all over him. Like that's, right. that's an assault on my liberties and that kind of thing, uh, or whatever. I I've noticed that my myself, because I think you and I both have a healthy skepticism right. of powerful institutions and people. Yes. My skepticism because, has, because we both adhere to total depravity. Yes. Yeah. It's not just, um, it's not even just based on my desire for my own liberty, although it's that it is that. Right. It's that I actually b- believe the scriptures, uh, yep. that that man, including me, uh, that we are we are corrupt people. And so, uh, my skepticism has remained intact during this administration. But, man, I will tell you, I, I see st- some stay at home orders mm-hmm. or I see. What feels like an order for a church not to meet, not just a request, but an order for a church not to meet. Right. I start to see the the powers being taken, and I get a little, uh, I get a little nervous. I, and I understand that we're in we're in crisis mode, but th- these are not uh, powers that were originally supposed to be delegated and, to that and, group of people. And words cannot express how irritated I am that it was Rodney Howard Brown that had to kind of crack that egg. I know for for a pastor being arrested. Yeah, that church down in Tampa, they met, and then he gets arrested. But that whole ch- church is the, the and that's a part of the theological spectrum. You and I would usually, if we don't make fun of, that we are just arguing with. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. Because I mean, he, he's not he's not just charismatic or Pentecostal like we would. I think we're on the same page of absolutely affirming, you know, our our siblingness <laughs> with with Pentecostal and Charismatics. Yes. But he he goes about eighteen steps further uh, with the whole barking and laughing revivals type of stuff, and and we don't want any part of that. Yeah, he's uh, he said he has said they're actually healing people with COVID. They're doing that at the church, and he's got he's got these towels, man, these super cool towels. They're oh anointed. They're anointed with a certain oil, <laughs> and that I'm, I'm sure it's an essential oil. And that oil is going to heal COVID nineteen on some people. Yeah. Now, now let me irritate you a little bit. Yes. Isn't isn't he your fellow countryman? Weren't you born in South Africa? I was born in uh, Ivory Coast, oh, Ivory Coast, West so Africa. So close, yeah. so close. Yeah, every, everyone. Uh, Same says, continent, though, right? Yeah, it is, and it's only about a thousand miles away. <laughs> uh, so in Côte d'Ivoire, my parents are missionaries there. Uh, it's a French colony. Gotcha. Um, yeah. Um, so, so here's a here's an observation I've made. We'll we'll finally get to that. Within the language and the approach of the media, is we have stopped talking, and this even includes Fox News. We've stopped talking altogether about employees. And it's shifted entirely to workers. Ooh. And I think that's very intentional on the part of the media because so many of them are coming from a socialist or even Marxist worldview. 
That is an interesting word choice. I did not notice. Yeah, and I've really noticed it the last, really this year, um, and and mainly around this thing where we're talking about workers being laid off or workers being compensated and stuff like that. It's not employees anymore. It's all workers. That is the language of the of the socialist left throughout Europe. Yep. Yep. But before it ever came here, it was right. workers of the world unite, not employees of the world right. unite. And the fact I've not man, that's a good. Uh, it's a good observation. I've not noticed it, but now that you say it, because I listen to a lot of NPR, everyone can make fun of me for that. Yeah, they are saying that. Um, yeah, when they talk about unemployment benefits, they mm-hmm. constantly mean they say workers who filed. Yep, because it's not it's not be, even people who filed. It's workers. Yep, and it's trying to create a class of people. It's not yep. no longer individuals or those that are part of an economic uh, yep. system of businesses. Yep. They are a class of people called. The worker, yeah, and, or and, the proletariat, and I and I think it it won't be Ooh. long. It won't be long before we start, you know, hearing about means of production and yeah. and stuff like that. Um, which you know, we are definitely on the same page here, where we we believe that socialism is just absolutely evil in the first place. Yeah, like it is it totally, hurts people. It, yeah, be- it hurts people. It's anti how God set up the world. Yes, no, the um the the those who often can control the language end up winning the arguments and, and that's what we saw with Obergefell. sure did basically everything roe v wade yes oh yeah when you can change uh, from baby to fetus when you can change from uh well, lots of examples of that and so as we are consuming media it's also I, well, my original counsel was diminish the amount of media consumed but even while you diminish that number, while we're doing it, we have to listen with a discerning ear. Right. So that, because then we can get discipled. You're constantly being discipled. The news yep. is discipling you. It's, it's just who who is discipling you. And if they're discipling you towards thinking about employees as the workers yep. of a class, that's something to watch out for. It's a good catch, sir. Yeah. Yeah. And, and same thing with with our sermons, where where we should, uh, our churches should be, actually, they really should have trained us beforehand on how to think about this on God's sovereignty and 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 I would even say even about general principles of economics because yeah. the Bible talks about those. Sure. Yes. Um and and a lot of churches just they haven't done the best job of preparing us for this where obviously now everybody's thinking about it so here's a great time to talk about it especially with Easter coming up as we record even though this will air after Easter. It's a fantastic time to start educating our people on how God has set up the world. Yeah. Some of our churches have done a great job of preparing for the suffering. Yep. But that's only part of what's happening. Right. So maybe we are processing the suffering well mm-hmm. uh, because of being prepared by good theology. Yep. Uh, but then the restructuring of societies and systems, yep. that's not necessarily something we are, we're often discipled in in the yep. church. Yep. Um, specific to that, well, we're in Holy Week right now as we record that was I walked in the door with only a couple things in my head that I know I wanted to say. Yeah. And that was that was one regarding this news this news thing. How are we mm-hmm. consuming news? One of the beauties of Holy Week and going into ultimately the crucifixion is all the scripture that comes out of Jesus' mouth. That is when he was being crushed, yeah. what came out of him when he was being squeezed, what yeah. came out of him was scripture. What was the Bible that he had? Yes. Yeah. yeah. The Old Testament prophets, that's what yeah. he constantly is quoting. He, notice he didn't unhitch anything. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shots fired. And very, uh, not literal shots, just verbal shots. Um, but those only, are, only verbal. Ones. Those are deserved of shots taken. That's one of the things we should take as an uh, as an example in this COVID nineteen time. Yeah. That if we get squeezed, does CNN or Fox what, come out? What comes out? Or yeah. does Scripture come out? Yeah. And so yeah. if we are consuming news, that's great. If we're consuming so much that when the pressure's on and we're stressed, that what comes out is our favorite commentator, we got a problem. We yeah. consume too much yeah. news. I, I think about the uh, those uh, talking points. Uh, collages that yeah. you, you know where so many news agencies are literally saying the exact same thing I know. uh and and you can kind of tell that they were crafted by the dnc but <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. It, it tells you that we only really also have a couple media companies like you think of um i can't remember the name of them right now but they own a lot of the local tv affiliates across the country i was about to say gannett but, but I, that's, that's the brand. newspaper right yeah but same thing with them though you'll get a lot of the same headlines mm-hmm. because the headline came from yep. the top yep. um the stories might have been written differently for local areas but the headline right. came from a corporate office and so it's yep. going to get published in every yep. city that way yeah and, and then obviously with the big national stories we have ap and reuters and yeah. 
that kind of stuff. On but. TV, you'll get one big corporate office that comes up with this joke that thinks they think is wonderful. Like there's a new, there's a new uh, monkey born in the zoo, and now for some monkeying around, that's the that's the transition that every single reporter has to read. Oh right, because it came from the top, and so uh, that was. Uh, it's, it's just another council on this on this media thing. They, they get all uh, unified in a particular message, and it's something we can we have to be discerning. Right. So, from the Christian worldview, yes, it's start with Jesus on the throne. Yes. Then it works down to what does Jesus say about the world, and then what are people saying about the world? I, th- I think that's really what it comes down to. It's really and, good. And then comparing what are people saying about the world to what jesus says about how he set up the cosmos yeah if you follow those steps then i think we're we are consuming the news correctly i think the mistake getting made a lot is that second step that yeah. how how jesus ordered the world yep well we're not learning about that enough we're not consuming right. enough of that we're just hearing what the world says right. about we, the world we've gotten to the point where where we think uh well i haven't i'm not an expert therefore i can't have an opinion mm. which is the same fallacy with the abortion debate yeah. with with basically any debate yes um well no just because you're an expert doesn't mean that you can't ask questions learn more and have a general grasp on the thing uh going back to our north greenville days uh for my science class i took a a very interesting class that i actually uh enjoyed more than i would have if it was the standard class i took concepts of chemistry Hmm. where instead of being super math heavy he was like just get me in the ballpark like, let's round everything to the nearest. He's like, I want you to understand uh, the general concept of of what these molecules Dr. do. Dr. Marks? Uh, Rutherton. Oh, oh, excellent. Excellent yeah. class, yeah. And um, he, he just did such a great job of explaining, you know, these things interact with these things, therefore these things happen, and we didn't get... Because I don't need to get bogged down in that All math. the granular stuff, that's right. I don't have to be bogged down in exactly how the RNA replicates, right? Uh, or even how big the droplets have to be in order for something to be contagious or, or anything like that. It's like I can look, I can look at data and I can look at uh, infections per million, deaths per million, and I can get a general grasp and then I can ask clarifying questions. Um, what, and one of the things, this, I guess this could probably be our final point before we go to the Inquisition or final segment of the discussion sure. here, is uh, just because I'm asking questions over the wisdom of certain policies does not mean I want people to die. <laughs> hey, gosh, have you, you've, you felt that too? Yeah. Goodness. Yes. You have no even, compassion if you have a and, question. And even from Christians. Gosh. Uh, I have, I've, seen, um, I've seen people accuse churches who are still you know, they reason through things and say, well, we're still going to meet and we're going to take precautions. Uh, we're going to do the social distancing thing, distancing thing. And they are accusing these churches of basically have, having blood on their hands. Yeah. And then you have people on the other side uh, who, you know, are, are meeting out of conviction. And I'm going to respect that. Yes. Uh, but then accusing other people of abandoning the assembly. So good, man. Uh, where they don't have any balance either. Yeah. Right. It's, can we not have a, uh, an honest dialogue about these and not tear each other's throats? <laughs> We're going to need to have right. some compassion for one another and some understanding. Right. I only had one more point on this, and it was uh, an idea I've learned as I've worked with people in um, in addiction. I'm not saying people are addicted to the news right now, yeah. but there is a little bit of that where you almost feel like there's some security. If I just keep watching the news, I'll know enough. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things in, a, in addiction recovery is finding something to replace the thing. So if mm. I'm giving up this thing I'm addicted to, what am I going to replace it yeah. with? And so if I could just give some counsel, uh, I have found that in my neighborhood, there are more people outside than I've ever seen. Yeah, and from especially from a Christian perspective, the opportunity we have to go. Ahead, I'm going to go walk my neighborhood and keep right. social yeah, distancing. Absolutely, meet some new people, start some new like becoming yep. others focused. Check as a Christian, check in on your neighbors, make sure they're yes. okay. Yeah, like if maybe they have some uh, underlying condition that makes them afraid to go get groceries, like offer yes. to go do that for them. There's even. so much opportunity to do good during this time. Yeah, um, and so replace some of this new stuff with some bi- some Bible study, with some biblical uh, news uh, news media and analysis, but also replace it with trying to find a way to serve others, 
even in your own neighborhood. That yeah. was my last thing. Yes, that's that's a really good point. We have uh, we have all this time on our hands now. Yeah. Which honestly, we should probably be reevaluating how we're using a lot of our time <laughs> yes. in the first place. Like I have gotten so much yard work done. <laughs> yeah, that's a m- m- massive pile of. Br- Did you do that all yourself out there? Yeah. That and that was all on Saturday. Wow, that man. was all one day. It's a lot of work. <laughs> yeah. Cody has a giant pile of brush. Yeah, and, and that was after I had already burned some stuff the week before, but now we're on a burn ban. Are you sore like, physically? Uh, I am only sore now because I did some flooring yesterday. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Working hard. Other things that I did around yeah. the house. Um, but we have a ton of time. So how are we going to use that time? Like, That's good. I, I have MLB 20, the show. I'm doing a franchise with the Braves so I can have some amount of baseball. Xbox or PS4? PS4. Okay. Um, partially because uh, MLB is exclusive to the PS4. Oh. Um, but I've also always been a Sony guy in the first place. Um, but, you know, I'll play a little bit of that. But I have more time to do things like read the Bible. Yeah. Or read Christian books or listen to Christian podcasts or sermons or what have you. Or this is a, a very novel idea. Talk to my wife. <laughs> <laughs> spend time with your bride. <laughs> yeah, spend spend time spend time with your family. That's good. Uh, like whatever whatever family that one has. I, I know you're a single guy, yeah. so you don't have munchkins running, running around. around your house. Yeah, sure. Uh, but at the same time, like you're you're taking time out of your day to come podcast with me. Yeah. Uh, like there's more time for interpersonal interaction, That's even right. even if it happens via Zoom. Right. Uh, which which. At least with my church, we're really emphasizing, like, let's stay connected. Yes. Check up on each other. Uh, I had a guy from our small group come over, and, and you know, we had a couple beers and whatnot. Yeah. And, and, you know, he brought a couple, and I provided a couple, and we both had one of each other's, you know? It's nice. And, you know, just talked about, hey, how's the last couple of weeks going? Yeah. Et cetera. And, um, and it's, I think this is really overhauling how we see life, right. at least within the church. Yeah. The, um, those there are some folks in your churches they need that human interaction yeah like I think you and I are probably similar that we could go many days without human interaction before we start feeling the effect of it yeah I am I am by nature an outgoing introvert same here yeah yeah I, I'm energized by being alone but I can go be around a bunch of people yeah but there are some but, folks but in your event- life that are not that way but eventually while I'm around people like I eventually have to come home and yes and deflate isolate yeah yeah um, so, so those people in like I'm thinking of some in my own church right now they are energized by being around others. Yeah. yeah. But those folks need a FaceTime call, all right? They need a Zoom call yeah. from you, all right? So think about those folks and look out for each other. Absolutely. Well, let's leave it there and, and uh, move on to the Inquisition. All right, and now we come to the Inquisition where I typically fail to uh, inform you that you can submit Inquisition questions via the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook whenever I make a post asking for them, or you can even uh, just make a post, join in the discussion, whatever. Uh, so we have some good uh, Inquisition questions this week. Uh, where are we going to start? My goodness. Brian Morris, friend of the show, and literally always submits an Inquisition question that we use, submitted about 17 it looks like, <laughs> um, my goodness. Uh, so he's, he's got, so is all of this lockdown stuff really about a virus or is it just about the government trying to control people? Does the government actually have the authority to do all of what, it, what they're doing? Uh, does anyone else find it weird that almost all of the information we're getting about COVID-19 is from the government and the media, the two sources that have demonstrated themselves repeatedly to be untrustworthy? Uh, well, we kind of just spent 30 minutes a little bit, a little bit on that talking about most of those things, but, uh, I did find this one to be pretty funny. Should I be making my face mask out of tinfoil to match the hat that I should probably be wearing? Oh, at, uh, least, at least he's self-aware. <laughs> right. So one thing that we one thing that we made fun of but didn't really get into in the first segment was uh, the conspiracy theory aspect yes. of all of this. And they are rampant. They sure are. Right now. Um, one filter that I have whenever I see news or something purporting to be news or a video of, let me tell you what's really going on. Oh boy. That should throw up red flags immediately. Yes. Uh, someone sent me a, a video uh, a couple days ago um, of a guy saying that. And since I'm a news junkie, 
I had heard most of these things already, but he, he even went to uh, this, you know, we had this vaccine in 2006 for severe acute respiratory syndrome. I like, do you not remember the SARS outbreak? I know. <laughs> no, answer? No. But I, I don't remember that, but I, I can tell something else is going on here. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's, I actually do, do this on my own show uh, that will we'll actually drop tomorrow because I got a message from somebody. Yeah. Um, that was very much something else is going on here. Right. Something big. We just don't know what it is. Which bad actors will act badly in these situations. Yeah. As, as Rahm Emanuel once said, never let a good crisis go to waste. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, there are people that are absolutely abusing power. Like yes. no question. Uh, there are also people who are doing very good things. Right. Um, I do like, I don't really agree with what our governor, Henry McMaster handed down yesterday. Nope. But I will applaud him for at least attempting to show restraint during this yes. time. Uh, and beyond that, you should just listen to his press conferences because of his genteel southern accent. Yeah, actually, um, I, I do. I do a pretty good Henry Mack mask, but he's the yeah. governor of this sovereign yeah. state of South Carolina that knows <laughs> that the nectar of yeah. southern politics is, is the almighty uh, dollar. He he sounds like Frank Underwood. Yes, um, um, or a cartoon of him. Or, or yeah, yeah, that too. But. You know, I can at least say, you know, he has tried his best to not be heavy-handed with right. things. And and I can at least get on board with that part. Yeah, I have been uh, appreciative of him. That second question there that was from Brian, I think it was, does the government have the power to do everything they're doing right now? Right. The answer is no. I, right. Th- there is a weird level of, I don't say weird, It's we're in a crisis, and so people are complying. Yep. But if people did not comply, I would say legally, no, the government can't make us do everything we're doing right now, uh, but people are complying with those orders. Yeah, I would. Yes, I would actually say yes with qualification. Okay. Uh, since we've already mentioned Doug Wilson a couple of times, um, he had on DougWills.com, and by the way, Doug Wilson has the best blog title on the planet with Blog and May Blog. Um, <laughs> that is really good. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, go to DougWills.com or BlogandMayBlog.com and look up, I'm scrolling through it, Scriptural Quarantine, where, you know, in, in, and obviously we're not theonomists, you know, we understand general equity and yep. stuff like that, but there, there, there is a principle of quarantine when people are sick. Oh, yeah. Or when a town is overrun. That's in the law, right? It's in Leviticus somewhere? Yeah, yep, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, Leviticus 13, 14. Um, so what, what we've done that doesn't make any sense is like, what should happen is New York city having a hard time, lock it down. Nobody gets in or out or people can get in, but they can't get out until this thing is over, you know, for people that need to go in and help. Uh, but I could right now drive up to New York city, walk around times square, lick doorknobs, (laughs) (laughs) come right back and then go to Walmart. Right. And nobody would stop me. Like any kind of quarantine would be totally voluntary, which I'm for. Right. I'm for voluntary quarantine. Yes. But what we have right now doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Agreed. Totally. Uh, so good question from Brian. Yeah. Very good question from Brian. Uh, Dustin Beeman. <laughs> we'll go here. Uh, what is one song that is very popular and many churches sing and they should not? Ooh, a popular song. Churches sing, but they should stop singing it. Is this because it is mu- musically unpleasant, theologically shallow, or either or both? I think I think this is... We're answering the question. We can do whatever we want. What is one song that's very popular? Well, um, I'll, I'll give you one Christmas one. Sure. I think Silent Night is hideous. I think it's a hideous <clears throat> song. It's, it's rife with Gnosticism. Oh, that's a yeah. good catch. Yeah. Um, and I, I run the lyrics through my head there, and you are right. Um, it's it's overly rangy. Like whoever composed that thing for the vocalist, it is it's yes. too rangy. Um, it was written for Mariah Carey. <laughs> yeah. Or for, it, it's definitely not singer friendly. Or, or the Castrati. Or you know, even we um, at Beachwood when we do music, we will. Um, I, I might sound better because I, I lead vocal. I might sound better singing "Death Was Arrested" in uh, maybe in like an, an E, mm-hmm. but we're going to bring that thing down so that everyone else can sing it. Right. Right. Um, right. And Sil- "Silent Night's one of those songs that I wouldn't mind if we never did ever again. Hmm. Uh, so if we're going to go old school, um, I walk in the garden alone. Okay. Um, it is an old hymn. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know that it, mainly about the joy that we share as we tarry there. None other has ever known. Uh, that's not true. 
Okay. It's, it's just objectively not true. Um, and it's, that's kind of really like the, the precursor Jesus is my boyfriend song. Mm, okay. Yeah. And cause, and he walks with me and talks with me. Uh, right. Uh, yeah. I can, I can get that. It almost right. feels song of Solomon. Yeah. Um, with that which, kind of, which obviously if Chris is centric hermeneutic, we're going to be on board with somewhat. Right. Uh, but uh, I'm trying to think you know, of, of a song like from the modern day, like, Obviously, we've had our problems with things like Reckless Love. I think Oceans is musically compelling and interesting, but uh, it means nothing. Like, sure. the, the story of, like, the, I don't even know what that song's about uh, <laughs> from, from Hillsong. So, I can't think of anything in the modern day to, like, call out. There are some songs I just dislike. There, there are a lot of songs. Uh, maybe you're just not aware of them, but have you heard this song? I will go after it. Uh, Holy Water by We the Kingdom. It's brand, brand new, right? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So I've not uh, been exposed to it a lot yet. So why as good Protestants would we sing a song about holy water? That's a great question. Like even <laughs> reference the thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man. Like it's Holy water is purely superstitious. Yes. Roman Catholic nonsense. Yes. It, like I'm okay with saying that. Um, it, particularly with the apostasies of yeah. Roman Catholicism and stuff like that. Well, we even have um, in, in the Protestant world though, you get the people who, um, if, you, if, you, if you've done this, I'm not calling you out, but the people who go get baptized in the Jordan River as if that was a more sanctifying, yes. holy thing. Like, there, there's nothing special about the water, guys, right? Yep. It's, it is the, the rite of baptism. And uh, one more hot take that yes. I know will irritate some people. <laughs> uh, and I'm not saying this because of lyrical content. I'm saying this because of intentional emotional manipulation song structures, which I get you know, the P-dubs world has its own typical structure of gradually building to a bridge that erupts and whatever. Right. Um, but there's something about this one, and particularly with the constant repetition of things, I'm really not a fan of the blessing. I think I've heard it. And I, people are going nuts about it right now. So mm-hmm. it's it's Carrie Job and Cody Carnes with Elevation. And, you know, the first verse, my goodness, like we need, we need to do a, an episode on this. The first verse is fantastic. It's it's the ironic blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his shine, face shine upon yep. you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward, toward you and give you peace. Um, but then the chorus is six amens. And then they do that verse again. And then they do amen 12 times. <laughs> wow, that's a lot of amens. And then... Uh, may his favor be upon you in a thousand generations and your family and your children and their children and their children. Fine, right? Yeah, that's a scripture. But then they do that three more times. The repetition is killing me. And, you know, may his presence go before you and behind you and beside you, all around you and within you. He is with you. He is with you. Cool. Not a problem. In the morning, in the evening, and you're coming and you're going, and you're weeping and rejoicing. He is for you. He is for you. Great. And then he is for you six more times. Good gosh. And that song should be three minutes, and I bet it's nine. Yeah. It, it is nine minutes, uh, like right at nine minutes. And like when you have, he is for you like 800 times, like what, what are we saying there? Who's the focus on? Us. Yeah, it's on us. Yeah, um, that's and, good, man. Hold well on. And that's why I don't like that song. Good question. I know that's going to irritate some people. Um, here we go. Let's get into some eschatology, shall Ooh, we? Ooh, that's fun. Uh, Brad Speed, what biblical evidence is there for a third temple needing to be built? Dang, you went for it, Brad. Um, well, the an- the answer is not a ton. Um, that's a very it's it's the dispensational system, right? Um, in in dispensationalism versus covenant theology, I'm I'm in, I'm in covenant theology, and so yep, I, same here. I don't think there needs to be a third temple. But here's I think here's where that comes from. There's a theological system that sees uh, the Olivet Discourse uh, in Matthew 23 or 24 mm-hmm. as future as a future events. Yep. Um, we. I read that as something that's already happened in history. It can give you very specific examples that Jesus made a prophecy and it did actually already happen. Yep. But they, and, and he did say this generation. This generation. If it wasn't that generation, then Jesus is a false prophet. Therefore, he is not God in the flesh. Therefore, his crucifixion meant nothing. Absolutely not. Yeah, it, it would make him a liar because he did say it's supposed to happen before this generation falls. Yep. But there's people that read it as future, and part of what they read is, well, there's someone that has to go to the temple, and they have to right. do some things in the temple. There has to be a sacrifice. There has to be an abomination in that temple. And so they think there has to be a third one because of how they've read the Olivet Discourse. Right. Um, you actually did that more tactfully than, than I will. <laughs> um, I, I, I'll just outright say there is no support. And, and a lot of that is, is from a pretty enormous misreading of Ezekiel, where a lot of people don't understand that um, 
they were prophesying about the temple in Ezekiel when the first one had already been demolished. Yeah. So that means that, yes, a temple had to be rebuilt. And then it was. Right. <laughs> yeah. And, and there are uh, dispensationalist scholars who in one verse, and I, I don't recall, I, I know I read a Gary DeMar blog, uh, which I know he's kind of controversial too in some realms, um, but he he cited these guys saying, yeah, so this verse, like this sentence is about the second temple. Hard break. This, this sentence is 2000 years later for no reason at all for, for no exegetical reasoning no. whatsoever. And, and I, I think it gets into, um, uh, <laughs> Brian Morris's question. We'll give him one more. Uh, should I start showering in board shorts just in case the rapture happens when I'm in the shower? <laughs> that is snarky, sir. Um, where there is in terms of the dispensational argument for the rapture, I believe the same amount of evidence as the third temple. I agree totally. Um, I am okay with folks from my side who call, um, they they, I think they're trying to mend fences. We'll say the yeah. second coming of Jesus mm-hmm. and the rapture are the same thing. So it's not a taking yeah. away. You don't leave. Jesus is coming instead of right. his kingdom. Right. We do have, is it second Thessalonians, second Thessalonians where, where Jesus comes back and we are caught up with him. And yeah. as he descends, we descend with him. Yeah. If you, um, if you do it there that way, you've actually created a third coming of Jesus because he comes like yeah. the second coming is coming halfway, taking yep. everybody out of here. And then he finally does come back a third time. Right. The, on the, um, the, the original question about the third temple thing, did you see in Christian Twitter and Facebook, there was this big uh, celebration because, because of this administration, there might be a, uh, a, a sacrifice on the Temple Mount right. coming up here soon. Like, have you not read Hebrews? I, know, I, I wanted. I wanted <laughs> to say that. Well, that would be that would be blasphemous. Yeah. Well, what about what's Jesus for? Yeah. We don't sacrifice for sins anymore. What? Yep. Don't, yep. That's a, yep. They would only be sacrificing to a pagan god in that situation. Yep. And it was. I saw Christians celebrating. This is not good. We yeah. worship Jesus now. Yep. He did away with the sacrificial like, system. That, if anything, you should mourn that. fact. You should. Because it's not effectual for the forgiveness of sins. Right. We'll point point people towards Jesus, not a temple mount and sacrifice. Yes. Yes. Ooh, and it got it got me. Yeah. That that really tore me up too. Um, and obviously, we are coming more from a a partial preterist yes. perspective for things like Revelation and Matthew twenty four, uh, where where we have the understanding that the coming of the Lord or the day of the Lord is normally a term of judgment yes. in the Old Testament. That's not normally just like, hey, Jesus is coming back. Uh, the first century Jewish Christian reader would have understood, oh, dang, God's going to come mess some people up. Yeah, right. <laughs> One recommendation on this. Yeah. Since we all maybe do have some more time, we're talking about in the first segment, maybe doing less news and doing more of something else. If you want to know basically my total view on End Times, and I think it would match yours, uh, R.C. Sproul has a series of YouTube videos called End Times According to Jesus. End Times According mm. to Jesus, each lecture is about 30 minutes. It's not sermons, it's lectures. But it gives you all the answers on the, quote, Mark of the Beast and the, quote, Antichrist and yeah. all the stuff that you've heard in dispensational circles. Yeah, I, I think ours are, our eschatologies would be very similar. I'm trending more optimistic. Yeah. Uh, call it optimistic on-mill, call it post-mill. Yeah. I don't even care anymore. Uh, my wife called me out a couple months ago. She's like, just just say that you're post-mill at this point. <laughs> but when but when I see verses like in Daniel, uh, like we all know about uh, the different empires being foretold by the statue. Yes. What we forget about is the stone not cut by human hands, crushing that statue and growing until it fills the earth. Yes. It's the Bible does not talk about, you know, and assuming that we're right in our preterism, uh, the Bible doesn't talk about uh, the bride of Christ basically being beleaguered and beat up constantly, and then Jesus comes back, saves the day from right. basically 99.999% uh, <laughs> reprobates. Right. There's there's something more organic going on, and I don't have all the answers with that. But we're on the same page. Yeah. Um, okay. Good. That, we're, good. We're, that what the, that picture, both the what is the kingdom of God like? Well, it's like yeah. a mustard seed. It yeah. starts small, but it does grow to fill yes. the earth. That tree in Daniel, that there's this small little tree, but it grows to cover the whole earth and it provides right. sustenance. Right. This is the picture of the kingdom of God that it grows here and now in our lifetimes. Yep. And so uh, we can be optimistic in this theological system that let's go proclaim the gospel and see the kingdom grow. Yes, exactly. And, and 
I have a very hard time with people who say it's only going to get worse. Why? Why, why does well, it have to? One, why? Two, in terms of practicality, we started with 40 scared people in an upper room in Jerusalem. Yes. And now we're over a billion. Yes. <laughs> yeah, and obviously a billion who claim it. Even so, let's let's even let's be super pessimistic with that and say 500 million legitimate Christians in the world. We went from 40 to 500 million in Incredible. 2000 years. Yeah. That is amazing growth for any belief system. When this belief system was the majority of Christianity, can you look at what we did in this world? Yeah. We, the architecture happened. We developed science. We, yes, we did science <laughs> because we thought this world is where the kingdom can be. We can grow the kingdom here. So I love the, the image of people building churches that they start and they go this is going to be a 200-year project. That's how long it's going to take to yeah. build this thing. The pilgrims. But we believe the pilgrims we'll be that here. landed at Plymouth Rock. Exactly. They were not escaping... Uh, they weren't escaping uh, Nikolai Carpathia. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's not... That wasn't their mindset. That's a great reference. <laughs> they, were, they were coming to establish what they think, or what they thought, rather, since it's past, past tense, uh, what they thought Christian life should look like. Exactly. And they were planning something, and obviously it had far-reaching consequences, because look at what we have now. Exactly, yeah. Uh, now, obviously, we wouldn't agree with, you know, things like Manifest Destiny. Right. And stuff right. Like no doubt. <laughs> there were abuses, and there, there were even bad things that the pilgrims did. But, at the same time, their mindset was much more optimistic about the future. I would just give to the advice there to the question. Do not, do not wear the board shorts. That's a really unhygienic yeah. way to shower. Yeah. Um, so make sure we are, we are not wearing board shorts in the shower. I think that might technically still be the law in Florida, according to dumblaws.com. <laughs> that would be great. Uh, Got to wear the board shorts. I mean, it just goes along with I, all the I Florida love the man. I love questions. Like, yeah. Way to go, podcast lounge. Yeah. You guys did great. Which, which honestly, this is, I think it's warranted. Uh, we have a ton of people posting things. Like I saw several things in my newsfeed this morning of misinterpreting Matthew 24 and stuff like that. Uh, where, and obviously nothing against those people, and, and we can charitably disagree. Yes. But at the same time, it's, you know, just the fact that we're talking about something that's pretty hard to understand, um, or at least this is what I really think it is. It's It's been made to be hard to understand. Yeah. Um, it's been made intimidating when it really was never meant to be intimidating in the first place, except to people who hate God. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> because one day Jesus will show up and mess you up. That's a good point. And you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things that I've read here in this quarantine time is I read, read through Amos. Uh, Amos is probably the meanest of the prophets. He's the one that called a yeah. bunch of women heifers. Yeah. But uh, he, he started talking about like donkeys junk and stuff. That, yeah. Or was that Ezekiel? No, no, it's, that's Amos too. Okay. He, he is the, the, he's the, he's the crudest and the meanest. Yes. Of the, uh, the roughest of those prophets. But he talks about cal what calamity is. We're in calamity mm -hmm. right now. Financial and health calamity. Some yep. folks are saying that as an end times thing, but I can read Amos and go, it is God yet God calling us back. Yeah. He's, he's getting our attention yep. to seek out to seek to seek his face. I really wish <laughs> when I first started going to Res, we had a and obviously nobody can see what I'm doing, uh, but when we <laughs> when we, when I first started at Res, that was also when Res started a series uh, expository through the Book of Mark, uh, straight through, and and Bradley for several weeks in a row had had these hand motions of putting his hand out flat and you think it's like this and Jesus comes in and turns it up right. upside down and we have made fun of him for that <laughs> ever since he's like but you remember it you remember yeah. the point yeah uh, yeah anyway <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm also by the way I, I only preach at Beachwood 12 times a year maybe at the most 15 sure I'm going through the book of Mark right now so awesome. It, so it takes yeah. uh, takes some time, um, but I'll be preaching Easter. You can find that on my podcast uh, feed, talking about the feeding of the five thousand, yes. which is, by the way, the only miracle that appears in all four gospels. Yes, it is. So it's um, quite quite important. So as we close out, yes. where can people find you? CoreyTruex.com. CoreyTruex.com. I'm doing some things for Holy Week. Even if you're listening to this after Holy Week, you can go listen to there. You can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Much like Tigger from Winnie the Pooh, I am the only one because I have a very <laughs> weird name. You do have a strange last name. Yes. So Corey Truex, you can find me out there. And then if you're in the upstate of South Carolina, WLFJ has radio talk on Saturday mornings and the podcast has my very word name in it. The Corey Truax show. Very Thanks cool. for letting me do shameless self-promotion. Yeah. Well, that's, 
the entirety of this podcast. It's, it's promo- that's right. Promotion. <laughs> yes. It's, it's marketing. Yes, it is. It is a marketing endeavor. But at the same time, who said that we can't couple marketing with theological conversations? Amen to that. Uh, so, on our end, uh, make sure you follow Westminster Effects, and for that matter, Nose Pedal on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you subscribe to the feed. Uh, one of the best ways that you can help us spread the word here is giving us a five-star review, and as I always say, I don't care if it's honest. <laughs> Just give us five stars, even if you hate the show, and that's actually happened a couple times, and it's awesome. I like it. um, five stars. Make sure you join the podcast group on Facebook, and if you support the show for at least $10 a month on Anchor, you get, and obviously for a year, uh, since I got to make up that cost sometime, uh, your choice of the Wycliffe Fuzz Piper Drive version 2 or the pink treble booster, and make sure that you email me via Facebook or the website uh, with your contact information so I can get that to you, because Anchor is super tight on their privacy stuff. Uh, We leave you with, how about this, the demo finally 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 for the chrysostom chorus vibrato thanks a lot for listening Corey. thanks for coming on the doxology podcast thanks for listening hey this is cody from westminster effects and this is a demo for the chrysostom vibrato chorus chorus vibrato however you want to say it Uh, Does anybody really know how to order those two? Uh, But anyway, uh, I don't even have the enclosure in, so we'll put a picture up here in the corner if you could make that happen, John. Um, Once we get going, uh, pretty simple, two knobs, two switches. I'm going to be running uh, this GNL Tribute Doheny, which I need to do a Will It (laughs) P-Dubs video with this because this thing will P-Dubs. Also running through an Ignator Tweaker 15 head on the USA setting, so Fender style. Uh, into this Jet City ISO 2 isolation cabinet and also running through a Hughes and Kettner Redbox 5. So we're going to blend those tones, kind of get the best of uh, both worlds there. So here is the clean tone. So right now uh, I have pretty low speed, fairly low depth, uh, my phone not on vibrate apparently uh, but we have two switches it's in the vibrato position and in the less intense uh, switch position so here's the vibrato setting pretty low overall so let's turn up the depth a little bit a little bit past halfway there and about 10 o'clock on the speed about three o'clock on the depth. Speed about two o'clock. And let's switch the intensity. Roll the speed back down, depth about halfway. So this is the more intense setting for the vibrato. So you see, this this gets pretty out there. just absolutely ridiculous if you wanted to so let's go to the chorus and the less intense setting so depth about halfway pretty low on the speed and the chorus About three o'clock on the chorus. About just past noon on the speed.
Okay, let's flip that intensity switch. About noon on the depth and nine o'clock on the speed. Let's just max it out for giggles. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So there you have it, the Chrysostom Chorus of Vibrato, or Vibrato Chorus, or however you want to say it. I don't care, just buy the thing. WestminsterEffects.com. Thanks a lot.